Let's just take a moment to pray and just ask God to further bless his word, shall we? Heavenly Father, we thank you that we can gather together in this place on this day. We thank you for the beauty of the sunshine, the warmth that you have given. But even greater yet, the warmth that is found in your son. We pray that you will just bless your word to the end that we who are here will be a blessing to others and that we will recognize again of your great grace found in the Lord Jesus. We give you thanks and we pray this in his name. Amen. This morning, I must say that twofold, there's two things that come to mind in beginning uh, speaking about the subject of gentleness. I think that those who picked the topic probably knew I needed to have the sermon preached at myself. And uh, as some of you may be aware, my father was a an army sergeant, an Air Force sergeant, and so he liked to bark at us, I guess you could say, and so that there is a time and a tendency for we who are his children to display that same barkingness. And uh, it was rather rather humorous this morning as uh, as I was uh, thinking over this topic of gentleness. Uh, Brother Wally had texted me early in the week. And uh, you know how sometimes you just don't get things? Uh, he texted me a strange message. He said he was praying gently for me as I prepared this message. And I texted him right back. No, pray really harsh, really hard. And then it suddenly hit me yesterday. Oh, that's what he was getting at. It's on gentleness. Oh, yeah, right. It takes a while. Yeah, we, 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 uh, we are grateful that it finally sunk in anyway. So, Randy Frazee says the key idea is I'm thoughtful and considered and calm in my dealings with others. Does that describe your basic personality profile? You know, something happens. You open that cupboard door and the entire contents of the cupboard deposits itself on the kitchen floor. And you gently say, thank you, Lord. Oh, that was wonderful. I see my chinaware broken. And no, not typically, is it? So we, uh, we all find ourselves in that category. Philippians 4, 5 is the verse, the key verse. Let our gentleness be evident to all the Lord is near. So how do we approach this topic of gentleness? What is the way to, to look at it? There's a number of different approaches. And, and uh, so what do you think when you think of gentleness? Um, yeah, I guess those of us who are grandparents and parents alike can't help but think of little children, peaceful little children. Not the kind that at two o'clock are screaming at two in the morning, but just that whole concept of very gentle. Perhaps you think of this little character, Casper Milktoast. Anybody ever know about him? You can look him up, but he was a cartoon character. And his claim to fame was that he would just never get upset about anything. And in fact, would go out of the way to be gracious and, and generous. And, and here he is saying, this sign says, watch this space. And he says, well, really, if something doesn't occur pretty soon, I shall have to leave. And uh, uh, certainly that is something about gentleness. Some of us grew up in the years of uh, this gentleman, gentleness, called the gentle giant. Andre the giant. Uh, wrestler extraordinaire. The picture you see of him, um, what you don't doesn't show, I did for discretion reasons, but he's actually standing holding these four ladies in his arms. And that's just how strong he was. 
He was almost seven feet tall, and he weighed almost 500 pounds at his uh, at his latest. And uh, he uh, got to do a number of different things. He was one of the ones that defeated Hulk Hogan in uh, 1988. Another thing he was famous for was his immense capacity for alcohol and food. Estimated he consumed about 7,000 calories a day just in alcohol alone. So not always the best example in that respect of gentleness, but he was known as the gentle giant. Um, Andre was also a part of that famous film for those of us who were Princess Bride uh, people. He was Fezzik in the Princess Bride movie and known for his, uh, his comments. If I had been a little more techno-savvy, I would have been able to bring in a little YouTube of him saying who found a peanut and all the other things that he did in that movie. But anyways, perhaps you think of another account. This is a TV sitcom that was back in the, I guess it was 70s or 80s, Gentle Ben. Story of a little boy who raises a cub. And uh, of course, those of us who have bears in our backyard, <laughs> we don't see this kind of gentleness around. But uh, this was a bear that uh, would solve cases for them and they would uh, have some fun, kind of like a Rin Tin Tin except a bear. Uh, and uh, certainly very powerful, very massive, but also very gentle. So when we think of gentleness, what do we think of? Well, there's one thing that we have to be careful of. There's a few errors that happen in our spiritual thinking. And I'd like to just point out four of several errors. I don't suggest that this is a complete picture, but there are a few errors. The first error is that by not having a certain quality, you are in fact possessing gentleness. For example, that person is never angry. That person is never um, uh, 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 this, uh, lacking in contentment. That person is never, you know, but as, as uh, this little illustration points out, you could be dead. You could be literally cut off because the, the quality of not having something means that you're not active. So it's very important to remember that the quality of gentleness is not what you are not doing, but rather what are you doing? It's a very important uh, error that needs to be described. The second error, and this is uh, I thoroughly enjoyed, by the way, the opening and the way the kids got involved with their, the gifts of the Spirit, Galatians 5, 22 and 23. But one of the errors that we sometimes think is that that is the only qualities of the fruit of the Spirit. We think that that seven, nine qualities is, in fact, the complete deal, the whole enchilada, you know, the big kahuna, you know, it's everything. But the Bible is way bigger than that. And there are many other aspects of a walk of gentleness that the Lord Jesus walked that is, that is beyond some of these qualities. For example, courage. When he stood before Pilate. Incredible courage. And he looks him straight in the eye. And he says, my kingdom is not of this world. And I mean, prisoners don't talk to kings like that. He has the, you know, he says, don't you know I have authority? I have authority to condemn you. Courage. And there's one there I've, I've noted, anger. Now, how can anger be listed as a quality of the fruitful walk? Let me tell you something. Passivity is not spirituality. We sometimes misconstrue it as gentleness. 
Passivity is a person who just doesn't do anything. And if you don't do anything, you're safe. You're in a safe zone, right? But the Lord Jesus, it says very specifically, he was angry when he went into the temple. Now, it wasn't an anger like you and I experienced. It's a godly anger. That's why Paul could say in Ephesians, be angry, but don't sin. So we sometimes confuse anger as something that is absolutely every time wrong. When in fact, there is a biblical anger. It's called the zeal that comes from God. The zeal of the Lord of hosts shall accomplish this. So there's just a couple of aspects of error. Number two, the next error is that the list is even and balanced. You know, you have equal amounts of love, equal amounts of joy, and it's never like that. You know, you're going into comfort somebody at a funeral. You've got to tone down the joy side a bit, you know. Like you, you want to have the joy of the Lord, but you, you do need to have that empathy that we were talking about earlier this morning. We need to have that sympathy, that compassion, that mercy. So the list is not always balanced. In fact, rarely is it balanced. And the fourth, and I don't know if we can see that very well, but the popsicle craft with all the fruits of the Spirit listed in kind of a sequence and they're glued together. It's kind of a nice idea. But the, the error is that the list is linear. In other words, that once you've got one, love, then you move on to joy and peace and you just keep building on them and you, you just keep adding to these qualities. And of course, it's like anything in life. It's a continuous cycle of moving in and out of these areas in our lives. So list is not necessarily linear. The Word of God is, though, living and powerful and sharper than any two-edged sword. And the Word of God is there to help us to grow in Jesus Christ. And so, as we move along this morning, we are to let Christ be our example. Walking in love as Christ also has loved us and given himself for us. Bearing one another. Forgiving one another. If anyone is a complaint against another, why would he even talk about that? Because people complain. And even in the early church, there were complaints going on. Philippians chapter 2, I urge, I urge Yodia and Syndicate, get along. Why did you have to say that? Because the early church wasn't getting along. So we need to, as well, remember that even as Christ forgave you, so also must we do to one another. Be imitators of God as dear children, Ephesians 5 and 1. So, what does the Old Testament say about gentleness? 2 Samuel 22 and 36, you have given me the shield of your salvation. Your gentleness has made me great. There is a gentleness that comes from God. And that gentleness is designed by his very nature to make us the kind of people that we ought to be. And then he talks about the snow falling on the earth and the gentle rain and the heavy rain. I was noticing just a couple days ago that Ethiopia has been going through a drought and with this drought in Ethiopia, it's been terrible, the amount of starvation that's going on there. They just had their prayers answered for rain, except it was a flood. And it carved a ravine 50 feet deep into a valley. The entire uh, farmer's field dropped away into this ravine with this flood. The heavy rain can do that. But we need the gentle rain when we're dealing with one another. You know, the, that expression... You charge in there like a, a bull in a china shop. Well, we need to be the gentle lamb that walks meekly. And then, of course, I love this Hosea 11, verse 4. I drew them with gentle cords and bands 
of love. And that's the picture that we ought to uh, manifest in our own lives to others. So what does it actually mean? It comes from the Greek word praotis, and it's used uh, nine times in that fashion. Paul used it in 1 Corinthians 4 to describe how he would come to the Corinthians who were in need of correction. And he described it again in 2 Corinthians. I myself am pleading with you by the meekness and gentleness of Christ. We're going to see changes that always happens with gentleness. Have you ever noticed as a parent, you're trying to instruct your child, if you're angry and shouting at your child, do they ever get it, the lesson you're trying to teach them? Uh-uh. It's only when you set them down and you gently say, now wait a minute here, and you describe what needs to be corrected. That is the way it works. And then, of course, Galatians, the passage that we were looking at. Now, it's rather interesting that the word gentleness, in some translations, is also translated meekness. And so meekness is another way of understanding gentleness. And Galatians 6.1, this is an important one for those of us who would want to do counseling in a Christian circle. A man overtaken in any trespass, you who are spiritual, restore such a one in the spirit of gentleness. There's two qualities there. You need to have your own act and house together. You know, it's pretty hard to talk to somebody about a problem when you have that exact same problem and you're still struggling with it. But at the same time, you restore such a one with a spirit of gentleness, considering yourself lest you also be tempted. Ephesians 4.2 is another verse which refers to it. And I'll just move along as we've got a number of other verses. It's really interesting that Paul puts these qualities not just on the church of God, not just on the individuals, but also on the leadership. And Timothy is told, but thou man of God, flee these things, pursue righteousness, godliness, faith, love, patience, and gentleness. The word gentle, again, is the, it's translated from the word that means to be meek. I love this passage in Mark 10. They brought the little children that he might touch them, but the disciples rebuked those who brought them. And that's so often the case. You know, they say that the church that is really growing is the church that has a caring atmosphere for children and caring more for the children than even for the facilities. You know, the children will spill things and they will mess things up and they will hoot and holler and they will make noise. And yes, but we are often like the disciples. Shh, go away, go away. Don't bother the master. Instead, he says, when he saw it, he was greatly displeased. Actually, the word is anger. He was angry. This is one of those occasions where he displayed his anger. And he says, let the children come to me and do not forbid them as such is the kingdom of God. Surely I say to you, whoever does not receive the kingdom of God, as the little children will by no means enter it. And he took them up. I could just see him taking them up in his arms, laying hands on them and blessing them. Isn't that amazing? Those little children walked away that day having been blessed by the God of the universe. What a blessing. So the role of leadership, we've talked a little bit about it. 2 Timothy 2.24, if you're taking notes, the servant of the Lord must not quarrel but be gentle to all. 2 Thessalonians 2.25, in meekness instructing those who oppose themselves. And Titus 3.2, speak evil of no one but be peaceable and gentle. And this verse has already been mentioned already. Thank you, Dave. It was read already this morning. 
Come unto me, all you that labor and are heavy laden, I will give you rest. Take my yoke upon you and learn from me, for I am gentle and lowly in heart, and you will find rest for your souls. My yoke is easy, my burden is light. The word meek is a Greek word that really meant power under control. It was used for a huge horse that was so powerful that it could trample you, but once it was broken and under control, it was called, that is a meek horse. And the Lord Jesus displayed that kind of meekness in his life and he would ask us to display that kind of meekness as well. And there's some more verses I'm just going to shoot along here because I know we're going to run out of time if we describe them all. But Timothy 3.3, 3, James 3.17, and 1 Peter 2.18. These will all be, by the way, on the website so you can look back at them if you so choose to do some further study on this topic. And, uh, wow, I have, to, I have to read you this if I can. This is the tools in the workshop discussion. And uh, I came across this little little bit of help. I imagine the carpenter's tools holding a conference. Hammer presided. Several suggested he leave the meeting because he was just too noisy. Replied the hammer, if I have to leave this shop, Brother Screw must also go. Why, you have to turn him around and around and around again to get him to accomplish anything. But Brother Screw spoke up. Well, if you wish, I'll leave, but Brother Plain must also leave, for all his work is on the surface. His efforts have no depth. To this, Brother Plain responded, well, Brother Rule will also have to withdraw. He's always measuring folks as though they were, he was the only one who was right. Brother Rule then complained against the other brother, Brother Sandpaper. He ought, he ought to leave too, because he's so rough, he's always rubbing people the wrong way. In the midst of all this, in walked the carpenter, Jesus, from Nazareth. He was working on his day's work, putting together. He went to the bench to make a pulpit from which to proclaim the gospel. He used the hammer, screw, plane, rule, sandpaper, and all the other tools. And after the day's work, when the pulpit was finished, Brother Saw rose and said, Brethren, I observe that all of us are workers together with the Lord. So, yes. Isaiah 66, 1 and 2 puts it this way. Heaven is my throne, earth is my footstool. Where is the house that you will build me? Where is the place of my rest? And all these things my hand has made, and all these things exist, says the Lord. But on this one will I look, on him who is of a poor and contrite spirit, and one who trembles at my word. True mark of a meek and gentle spirit. So let's briefly review the ABCs of spiritual growth. A, for anyone. All we sheep have gone astray. We have turned everyone to his own way, but the Lord has laid on him the iniquity of us all. Isaiah 53 and 3. But Paul would say in the New Testament, but I have been crucified with Christ. It's no longer I who live, but Christ who lives in me. The life which I now live in the flesh, I live by faith in the Son of God who loved me and gave himself for me. B is to believe. This is very important. There are some of us in this audience and perhaps others who will be listening who really have believed on the Lord Jesus and are truly disciples, have been truly born again. But that belief has stopped there because their belief is that they have not 
a belief that goes to sanctification. That is, they do not believe that they can ever lose those habits, those problems, and those difficulties. That does not mean that we will become perfect. Please hear me. The Christian does not become sinless, but any person who accepts Jesus Christ must sin less. That is the teaching, the clear teaching of God's word. And that Paul would write in Romans 6, 6 and verse 11, the old man was crucified with him that the body of sin might be done away with. Do you believe that? That we should no longer be slaves to sin. No longer addicts. He who has died has been freed from sin. Likewise, reckon yourselves, count, believe, attribute it as true that you are dead to sin but alive to God in Christ Jesus our Lord. C stands for Christ. Galatians 5, 16 and 17 says it this way. Walk in the spirit. You will not fulfill the lusts of the flesh. The flesh lusts against the spirit, the spirit against the flesh. And these are contrary to one another. You cannot do the things you wish. That is why we need to walk in the spirit. So those of us who are Blue Jays fans are having a pretty good year so far. Up and down. Here's one of my favorite gentlemen. Jose Batista. And why am I bringing this up right now? Because we all have default settings. You know, uh, computers have default settings. And when you run a program and you automatically, it says, well, this is the default. This is the way it's going to operate the way, but you can customize it, but this is the way it's going to revert to its default setting. And every time you reset or reboot your computer, unless... There's, there's something that you've told it not to resort to its default settings. It will go back to the way it was before. Your parents, my parents, my mother, my father, those who have raised you up are the ones that you subconsciously revert to be like. And in those moments when we are angry, perturbed, tired, we become our parents. We default to our parents. Uh, if you've got godly parents, it can be a good default. But all of us oftentimes will revert to the ungodly characteristics. When we were at a Blue Jays game, I noticed something that was very strange, but it's not unique to the Blue Jays. It, it happens in every baseball stadium, in every football stadium, even in hockey stadiums. And that is you see people wearing the jerseys of their favorite player. So you'll see number 19, Bautista. And you, there's a 19, Bautista. That's not, he just, he's pretty white for Bautista. You know, and there's, a, there's another guy that's walking around with Bautista's number on, on his back. And there's all kinds of Bautistas in there. And then there's uh, Donaldson and number 20. And there's, there's a whole whack of people carrying their colors. And you go, oh, okay. Well, they really like these guys. They're identifying with these guys. They're supporting these guys. These are their favorite heroes. This is why they do that. We are to put on the Lord Jesus. Every one of us is wearing clothes right now. Thankfully so. <laughs> and you've put on clothing this morning. Some of it's new. Some of it's clean. Some of it's just different. But the point is, we're all putting on clothing. The scripture is very clear. We're to put on the Lord Jesus Christ. Galatians 3.17. And put on the new man, which created according to God in true righteousness and holiness. Ephesians 4.14. And put on the new man who is renewed in the knowledge according to the image of him who created him. And 
Put on tender mercies, kindness, humility, meekness, long-suffering, and put on love, which is the bond of perfection. Colossians 3, 10, 12, and 14. And so, we are to put on the Lord Jesus Christ and make no provisions for the flesh to fulfill its lust. Romans 13 and 14. So, what are we saying? Well, the person who has accepted Jesus Christ as their substitute for sin on the cross 2,000 plus years ago daily accepts his holiness and his spiritual gifts on a daily basis so that we may walk like him. That we might not default to our parents or to our sinful flesh or to the world or even to the wiles of the devil. But instead, we might become the gentle Christian that we are called to be. Is it that easy? Yes, it is. But it requires the same ingredient that is possible for salvation. You see, the same faith that saves is the faith that causes us to grow. And so when we exert that confidence and say to the Lord, Lord, I believe you for salvation and I believe you for my walk before you this day. That's why, of course, it's so important each start of every day to respect again that we are called to live a different life. We are called to walk a holy life. We are called to put on the Lord Jesus Christ. Will it be perfect? No. We will stumble and fall. But I love what the psalmist said. I have seen the man, the good man, but I've seen him stumble and fall, but the Lord raised him up, upheld him. And as we stumble and fall in our Christian walk, it is a comfort to know that the Lord Jesus is going to guide us, direct us, and lift us up before him. I'm sorry that we have had so many verses today, but it is the word of God which builds us up. It's not my word. And so I trust that some of these verses of Scripture will be incorporated into our lives so that we will, in fact, be the called people that we have been called to become. May we go forth from this place this day to put on the Lord Jesus Christ and live for him in gentleness and in goodness. Let's pray in closing, shall we? Our Heavenly Father, we thank you this morning for this time together. We thank you for each heart that is bowed before you, Lord. We, we cannot know the hearts that are bowed before you and the struggles and the challenges that are there. But we thank you that you do know those heart struggles, those challenges. And Lord, we pray that you'll help each one here before you to first and foremost be sure of salvation. That if there's one amongst us who has never called upon you, who has never had life-changing rebirth, born again by the Spirit of God, that this might be their happy day that they would take the word of God, whosoever calls upon the name of the Lord shall be saved, and that this might be their day of salvation. But Lord, there's also for each one of us a daily walk that you've called us to walk. Lord, help us to walk pleasing to you, that we might walk in gentleness and in meekness, in kindness, in patience and love, in long-suffering, in joy. And all those spiritual gifts and the so many more, Lord, we just pray that you will help us to become like your son. Paul could say, be an imitator of me as I also am of Christ. Well, most of us would not even want to dare talk that way. 
But we do pray, Lord, that we might, with your help through the Holy Spirit, become the people of God that you've called us to be. That we might see as you see the hearts of those around us and challenge and share and lovingly, gently lead them just as Andrew did of old when he brought his brother to Jesus. May we lead our friends and our family to the Lord Jesus. We thank you again for each and every one here. Bless us as we separate and we give you our thanks in Jesus' name.